Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Today I'm going to review. We have had a break here. This is our sixth session on mountain moving, learning to pray with passion and power. And just by way of brief review, I want to remind you what prayer is not. It's not leaving messages on God's answering machine, hoping he'll get around to talking to you sooner or later. It's not a perfect recital of having to get all your words just right so that it won't offend him or so that somehow he will listen to you. The eyes and the heart of God are forever on the place of prayer. We talked about that in the first two weeks. And that is your inner man. Your reborn man is now the house of prayer. It's your spirit. It's where the Holy Spirit lives. And it's that place where God desires living contact with you. Living, breathing contact with you. We also said that it's not only living, breathing contact with you. And by the way, let me say this. I pray that the Lord will help you understand that prayer The best prayer you pray is sometimes just spontaneous heart cries. It's not some memorized, rote deal that somebody taught you. It is a spontaneous heart cry, a connection. Can I ask you something, those of you who have children, wouldn't it make sense to you that you would be more apt to listen and moved by your child crying out to you than you were if they came down and sat with a planned rote looking at their notes trying to talk to you. Well, your heavenly Father loves you far more than you can love your own child. So remember that the spontaneous cries of our heart are most dear to the one who loves us. And you know what? You can tell him anything. He already knows it. You don't have to hold back about how you're feeling. If you don't believe that, read the Psalms. God called the man who wrote most of the Psalms a man after his own heart. Prayer is living contact. It's spontaneous expression to our Father. It's also a partnership vehicle. We found out in 2 Corinthians 1 where the Apostle Paul, who wrote 13 books of the New Testament, said that he despaired even of life. Now, you want to talk about deep depression. He despaired even of life. The man God chose to be his special servant, to author Holy Scripture, got to a place in his life where he despaired he didn't want to live anymore. And what he said brought him out was the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the prayers of the saints, prayers of other people. Partnership vehicle of prayer. There are certain things that God, for whatever reason, has decided to do best only through the prayers of his children. 
It is a partnership vehicle, and what an honor that we can be involved in that. We've been talking about the last two or three weeks how to really learn to pray effectively, we need greater revelation of how God our Father sees us. Every intimate detail. I've had people say to me, well, I'm not going to bother the Lord with that. Really? You just don't know the Scriptures. If the Father knows every bird that falls across the whole universe, you don't think that your Father knows and cares about what goes on with you? The Scripture says pray about everything. Pray without ceasing. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Prayer is to be living contact. It is ongoing. It is to become conversational. It is an intimate connection between you and a Father who absolutely loves you. I remind you of the prayer of Jesus recorded in John 17, where, and we talked about this last time, where Jesus prayed, Father, help them, those who believe in me and those who will believe in me, help them to know that you love them as much as you love me. I have declared to them your name and I will declare it. Here's why. That the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. God, give us revelation of your mighty love. We also talked about, and we looked at Ephesians chapter 1, let's turn there quickly, that we need revelation not only of the love of God, that He is absolutely interested, that He cares, that He loves us. We also need to get revelation of the authority of Jesus, who is praying for us right now before the throne of heaven. In chapter 1 of Ephesians, in verse 16, Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you. Paul is praying over those with whom he was a spiritual father. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your heart being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named not only in this age, but in the one which is to come, and he has put all things under his, Jesus' feet, and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things, to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We will learn to pray effectively when we get greater revelation of the Father's love, and greater revelation of the authority of, the, of, of our Father, our God, our Lord Jesus. And you know what else that means? Where did the authority given to Jesus, where does it rest now that he has seated at the right hand of the Father? Where did that might and dominion go? 
The prayer is that we get revelation that all authority over all principality and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named that is given to Jesus. What did God do with that authority of Jesus? Gave it to who? The church. Everybody say, that's me. Jesus said, after he had been raised from the dead, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Now, therefore, you go and make disciples. That authority has been given to us. We won't learn to pray with mountain-moving power until we recognize that the authority of Jesus has been granted to his body, his church, his believers. We talked about, and I gave you some examples of why we need that authority. We live in a clash of kingdoms, don't we? The kingdom of this world. What does 1 John say? The whole world lies under the influence of the evil one. And in this world, you have all kind of tribulation. But be of good cheer, Jesus said, I have overcome this world. We live in a clash of kingdoms. And we've got to learn how to take hold of the authority that is ours as sons and daughters of the living God in whom is vested all the authority of Jesus. That authority is not the ability to control or manipulate another human being. They've been created in the image and likeness of God, and you don't have the authority to control or manipulate anybody. That is counter to the character of your father. But you do have the authority in the realm that God has, the garden where he has assigned you. Where might that be? Your family, your business, your assignments. You ought to assume that you have been given authority on anything that the Lord has given you or assigned to you. Not to control or manipulate, listen, but to partner with what His purpose is. We talked about examples of learning to pray in authority. You've got to learn to align. That is, bring everything in submission. Bring everything in submission to His control and His dominion and His ownership. That's not for His benefit. He already knows it. It's for yours. Every situation when you come to prayer, you say, God, I know this work belongs to you. You gave me this job. You gave me these customers. You gave me this opportunity. It is yours, and so I bring all the pressures of it over to you today, and I will be your partner. I thank you that you're out there working on my behalf. Do you know something? It is inconceivable to me that God gave you a business or an assignment to do something, and he's not out there working on your behalf. If I were you, I'd stop focusing on my competitors and start focusing on my security. I would start remembering who it really belongs to. I would start remembering that your competitors don't have the authority to ruin you. The only one who can ruin you is you through your own unbelief. Connect to the one who has called you and assigned you is your security, your Lord, your shepherd. You shall not want, who meets all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. 
The Lord let me know that if anybody was messing with my joy, if anybody was stealing sheep from my flock, if anybody was causing me not to succeed, it wasn't their fault, it was mine. Because I had the authority in Jesus to be successful in wherever I've been assigned, and so do you. If your enemies, if your competition can put you in a hole or destroy you, you trust in the wrong father. Amen. We talked about the authority that's invested in us in learning to take authority. We talked about bringing everything into alignment. And when we bring things into alignment, recognizing who owns it all, recognizing where the authority is, then we enforce that authority by what we believe in our heart and speak with our mouth. Now, last time I made some people nervous. And that's okay. Part of my job is to shake some people up. I talked about the of how you need to learn to take authority in certain areas where there's ground that by, by divine right belongs to you, but there's an enemy that's been occupying that ground. I talked about bringing, unto, uh, bringing into alignment in prayer places where you stay in hotels. Now, why would you do something so bizarre like that? You don't know the activities that have gone on in that hotel room before you. And don't spend much time trying to imagine it either. It'll mess up the sermon. <laughs> do you not believe that there is a host of demonic spirits who witness those kind of activities? Do you not believe that they're attracted to those kind of activities? And do you not believe that unless authority is taken, that they just automatically release from those kind of activities? Jesus told a parable about somebody who'd been released from demonic possession, and the Word says that there were seven demons, radical demons, that were cast out of the person, and then those demons came back with a host of other demons to reoccupy what had been swept clean. Now, why is that? I said this, and, it, and some people don't agree with me. It's all right. I'm used to that. I said demons are territorial. What do you mean by that, Pastor? What I mean by they congregate around activities that are done in darkness, and you have to, in the name of Jesus, when you run into that kind of thing and you sense it in your spirit man or even see it visually, you need to take your authority in Jesus. I talked about how I pray for some of you when you tell me you're going on trips, how I pray for you. I pray for the right aircraft. I pray for the right pilots. I pray for the right attendants. I pray for holy angels to be dispatched all around. And not one of those things is out of line scripturally. Not one of them. But here's what I want to tell you today. You've got to stay in balance on this because some believers have gotten way out of balance. And you know what they've done? They have begun to assume, well, there are demonic spirits everywhere. And I have got to discern what kind of demonic spirit is there. I've got to address that demonic spirit. I've got to drive that demonic spirit out. 
and there, and that's the only, that's my assignment. No, it's not. A lot of believers have gotten out of, out of balance, and it's hurt them. It's caused some of them to have mental and emotional problems. Why is that? Because they got focused on the devil and his work instead of on the Lord of the church. When you get your focus off the Lord Jesus, when you get your focus off God and the, the power of God and His mighty love, and you start focusing on demonic dark spirits, then you have fallen into the hands of the schemes of the devil. God didn't call you to be a demon inspector. He called you to be a carrier of light, and light dispels darkness. Now I want to tell you this, when light comes, you ever notice that the devil and demons weren't mentioned very much in all the Old Testament? But they're all over the New Testament. Why? Light came and exposed the works of the enemy. But Jesus didn't go around looking for demons. He didn't say, let me pray over you and find out what demon is operating in you. What am I trying to say? Align yourself with the truth. Align yourself with the Lord of the truth. It is the truth that will set you free. Amen? Focus on the Lord. When you run into darkness, just exercise the authority in the name of Jesus. But don't go around trying to inspect demons or find out this or that or which kind. Focus on the Lord. Amen. How many of you know that when you focus on the Lord, that is the basis of a sound mind? Many have gotten out of balance and distracted by the focusing on the spirits of darkness. And let me just say this, by the way. There are many in the body of Christ who have fallen for that scheme to focus on the enemy, and here's why that is so desperate and wrong. Are you listening? Demons are not omnipresent. Only the Spirit of God is omnipresent. Demons are not omnipotent. They don't have all power. They only have the power that you give them. Did you know that? What's given to them? And besides that, did you know that only one-third of the angels of heaven followed Satan in his rebellion and was kicked out of heaven to the earth? Did you know that that leaves two-thirds of the angelic beings, hosts and hosts and hosts of them, under the, under the beck and call of God the Father. You cannot convince me that you don't have the authority to ask for the dispatch of holy angels all around you. You know why? Hebrews is very clear that angels were created to minister to the saints. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Demons are not omnipresent, and we're not to get absorbed with them. When we bump into them, 
when we see their activity. The Spirit of the Lord leads us. Can I tell you something? Don't get into conversation with the devil. He will put a hurt on you. He is not worthy of a conversation. The only thing you should ever say to the devil is a command and a rebuke to leave you alone in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus, under his authority, on the basis of his shed blood and his authority. We talked about last time, if you'd turn with me to 1 Thessalonians here, on this sixth time I need to, believe me, I'm going somewhere now. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. There is another kind of prayer that is essential for all of us for our success. I told the men this morning, I mean on last Tuesday morning, you will not succeed by yourself. Chapter 5, verse 12 of 1 Thessalonians, we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and to admonish you, that is, instruct you, encourage you, even warn you to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. That's the reason when any, whenever anybody calls me pastor, when everybody, anybody speaks to me with words of respect, I, I honor that. It blesses me. But I want to tell you something else. It is a sobering thing because I want you to turn to the right to Hebrews 13. And I want to show you something. Why that is a sobering thing to me. And I know this is just a moment of review from last time. But I never apologize for repeating something that needs to go out. He's talking about the power of Someone who is over you in the Lord, what does that mean? If you look around on television nowadays, or you look around, it won't take you far, you'll see that a lot of people have made the mistake of believing that spiritual authority has to do with somebody who is placed in an elite place and is, whew, uh, well, I'm not even going to go there, but I will tell you this, that to be over you in the Lord means somebody who loves you enough to be watching over you in prayer. Somebody who will not only pray for you and encourage you, but feeds you the truth. And loves you enough to tell you the truth of the Word of God. Some, do you know, I, I will tell you this, for years and years and years of my life and my ministry, I never understood the power of covering. I didn't get it. Many, many years into it, God gave me revelation of it. I went into it hook, line, and sinker. I submitted myself totally to the Lord and those who were over me in the Lord. It changed everything, my life, my ministry. Everything about our lives changed. Why? Because God has a, a, a wonderful idea we're not going to succeed by ourselves, and God has called out people 
to participate with you, people who will look over, people who are over you in the Lord, who are not there to control or manipulate you, but to love you and care for you and pray for you and encourage you and instruct you. And I want you to look there in 13 of Hebrews, verse 17, obey those, follow those who lead you. Some translation says, who rule over you in the Lord, be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. And they must give, they, those who watch out for your souls, those who are over you, must give an account. Hmm. Now I want to say something here, and I don't want to get out of bounds or out of line. But you do what I do, you can't possibly fulfill the request that, of everybody in the church that wants you to do things or to do them a certain way. Or to, and I have said no so many times, and I'm not comfortable with that. I still don't like it. But I want you to look at that verse again. I have to give an account to the Lord for how I operate with those that I am over in the Lord. It's my responsibility. I'm going to have to answer for how I lead you, not you. So thank you for loving and being patient with me, those of you who I've said no to and you stayed. Some have not done that, and that's all right. I bless them. But thank you for recognizing that. And can I help you understand something? Are, are you with me? Are you, this is just, I'm saying this in love, okay? Okay. Dr. Riddle, Bill's dad, was pastor for 60 years. He gets what I'm about to say. All right, now look. Understand this. How would you like it if I came to your house of business or your home and I said to you, I think what you ought to do here at this office or in this house, I think what you ought to do is How would you like that? Uh, and if I persisted, would you not be a little relieved if I decided to take my show somewhere else? Can I tell you something? I love all of you. I wouldn't dare come into your realm and try to tell you what you ought to do. And I don't think I even have to finish that sentence. Amen? Thank you. Thank you, thank you. The power of covering. But I want you to see something here today that we barely touched on last time because now you've got a responsibility. Are you with me? Revelation, last book of the Bible, chapter 1. Oh, God, give us a revelation of this. Help us to get it, Lord. Help us to get it. So in case you're thinking that the only people who are given the responsibility of covering are called out men and women who have a life calling on them, 
I want to show you that's not true. Now, in the operation of the church, that's the way it's got to be. But in our relationships with each other in life, there is a greater responsibility placed on all of us who know Him. Chapter 1 of Revelation, verse 5, To Him, Jesus, who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. Everybody say amen. And Jesus has made us kings and priests to His God and Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Do you know that as far as God your Father is concerned, Jesus has given you the office of a king and a priest? What do kings do? They take authority in the realm that they've been given, yes or no? That authority is invested in you in the realm God has given you through the Lord Jesus Christ. What do priests do? Intercede. Minister the Word of God. Pray for and encourage and bless the people that they are given by the Lord to pray for, bless, and encourage. You are a king and you are a priest. Did you know that your father sees you that way? And I want to tell you something else. I believe this with all my heart. In every one of our spiritual DNA, the way we're spiritually wired, I'll bet that you'll be either functioning more as a king or a priest. You'll probably function a little bit differently. You have that assignment given to you by the Father. He's, how did I get that? Because Jesus was a king and a priest. He was both. Jesus had all authority given unto him. He walked in obedience to the Father in total submission. But he was also a priest. He fed and covered and encouraged and prayed for and ministered with and suffered with the, his sheep. But all of us are spiritually wired just a little bit differently. I bet you some of you have a little more of a kingly anointing because God has given you the responsibility. A lot of your ministry is in business or in a practice of some sort, or in public service of some sort. And you, your, your main wiring is primarily to oversee things, to make sure things are being done right, to organize or administrate things in a right way, to be bottom line responsible. That's what kings do. Some of you are more spiritually wired to pray and intercede and encourage, and bless. And the beauty of it is that every one of us are seen by our Father as both kings and priests. What, a, what an honor. What an honor. You have been called as a king to rule 
in the authority he's given you, and as a priest to serve, to rule and to serve. God, give us understanding of how to operate in authority and service. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. Covering prayer is just not for me. It's for you too. You're a priest before the Lord. Don't say, well, I'm just going to leave that to the prayer team. I'm just going to leave that to people who pray, and that's just the way they're wired. God has ordained that you be a priest and a king. Well, I'm not very good at being a priest. Well, we're all learning. We're all in our journey. Well, I'm not very good in taking authority in the realm God's given me. Good time to learn. Good time to learn to stand up to some things that you don't have to put up with. King and priest. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. Are you with me? Are you listening? Yes or no? Let me have every called man or woman up here. Come on up here. If you've got a calling on your life, come on up here. Come on. We've ordained several. Come on now. I'm an old guy, but I got, come on. Would it make sense to you if I said to you, these people have accepted a calling on their life and God expects them to minister to and serve the body? Yes or no? All right, let me have all the elders of the church come up here. Elders of the church are designees of the pastor for spiritual leadership and oversight of the spiritual needs of the, of the church. Y'all have any doubt that God has called you or assigned you to minister to the flock? Any doubt in your mind? Any doubt in your mind? I want you to stretch out your hand with me toward everybody in this congregation, and I'm going to ask you to pray that the Spirit of the Lord would impart Things are transferred in the realm of the Spirit through the laying on of hands. There are things in the Spirit realm. There's no distance in the Lord. I want you to pray that there would be imparted to every one of these the Spirit of the priest, the Spirit of intercession, the Spirit of blessing and encouraging the flock. I want you to pray that God will speak to every one of them that they will take on a role of Covering prayer agents. Covering prayer agents. People who will stand over others and pray for protection. Father, we pray today that there would be imparted to everybody who's listening to the sound of this voice, an impartation of covering prayer. That you would rise up those who will say, I will take on the mantle of being a covering prayer agent. 
I will pray for those you assign me and I will not relent. I will pray for my family. I'll pray for everybody that your spirit tells me that is my assignment to pray for. I will be a covering agent. I will pray for their well-being and protection, spirit, soul, and body, financially and relationally. I will stand in the gap and be a covering agent of prayer. You don't have to be a called-out life ministry person. God has called you to be a covering agent of prayer. This is not about professionals. This is about you. God impart to all of these the spirit of a covering agent who will stand over others and pray the prayer of faith, who will pray prayers of, of encouragement and protection and blessing and healing. Those who will look out for others in their realm. Covering agents for their children, their grandchildren, their, their loved ones, their businesses. God, give us the spiritual DNA of priests and kings. Now I want everybody who is primarily an agent of priest, if that's primarily your spiritual DNA, that it is to pray for, serve, look out for, encourage, bless other people. I want you to pray right now with me. Mighty Father, in the name of Jesus, grant me more understanding of what it means to walk in the kingly role of where you've put me. Not exercising authority with manipulation or control or brute force. But as a servant, standing in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ in the realm where I'm assigned. In Jesus' name. Now I want all of you who primarily walk with more of that spiritual DNA of a king, male and female, I want you to pray this with me. Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to give me more of the spiritual DNA of being a priest before you to pray for, to encourage, to bless, to minister, more anointing as a priest in my daily walk. Enable me to see those and recognize those whom you have assigned me to be a covering agent in my prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. Priests and kings, priests and kings, God give us revelation of the precious honor and privilege of intimate, ongoing connection with you in prayer. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus. And all the people said, amen, amen and amen. Well, I hope you're learning something now. I hope you're learning something. Dean and I pray over you every day, mighty prayers of scriptures, because we love you and we take seriously to watch over our sheep in prayer. We don't know everything that's going on. There's no way. But we pray the word of God over you and we know it's eternal. 
And we're always here and ready to intercede with you whenever you need and want us to do so. Well, we look forward to seeing you next week. We're going to have a great time together in the Lord. We're going to dedicate a couple of uh, Jeremiah and Jean's grandchildren. And we're just going to have a, a good time in Jesus. You go with God now. He's going with you. We'll see you next week. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.